All right, welcome to the first episode. It's actually the second, but it's really the first because I lost. When I say lost, I mean it didn't record right, whatever. The first episode, but this is our first episode of what we are going to call Gator Tales. Um, I'm Mr. Weich. And I'm Miss Prickett. Uh, we are your sixth grade social studies team. So uh, what we decided we were going to do is because of the nature of COVID and e-learning and because it's honestly, it's kind of fun to yeah, do. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah, to just have a conversation. So what we're going to do is, like I said, we called it Gator Tales. That's T-A-L-E-S because it's funny and mm-hmm. it works. Shout maybe, out to Miss Jeffcoat for that. Yes, uh, uh, Miss Jeffcoat. I almost went with her first name. Um, <laughs> I don't think she no. knew too much. But Miss Jeff, yeah. But Miss Jeffcoat is the one that um, kind of uh, came up with that uh, name idea. So it's a great one. And what we're going to do is um, we are just going to kind of talk to you guys. Uh, you're going to be introduced to us. At the beginning of this series, you're, we're going to introduce you to every one of the sixth grade uh, teachers. Yes. So obviously, we're going to start with just us today, and then. Um, we'll do multiple episodes with, you know, your ELA, n- not together, but one of your ELA teachers and then science and math and all these kind of things. And then later through the year, we might, um, do other things like announcements and things. This will co- and I might even go hopefully talk about seventh and eighth grade. Yeah, talk I think so. Good. Yeah. You will talk to some of those teachers. Yeah. Just we might have some connections with them. Yeah, I might. It's <laughs> called, uh, I guess it's a, more of a middle school podcast. It's kind of like the original idea of this. And yeah, I like the idea. Just a way to get, let you guys get to know us with all the e-learning yes. stuff going on. And we do know that all of you, and I mean all of you, do know Miss Prickett and I because you've been listening to our podcast called His and Her Story Podcast. Make sure on Apple Podcasts to leave us a uh, rating. Five <laughs> stars is mandatory. And a review. Wow, you guys are awesome. That way kind of to thing. go. Yeah, way to <laughs> go. Because uh, <laughs> I know you've already done that and y'all have already listened to it. So uh, let's get started on our first or kind of a the actual non-dress rehearsal version of our first episode. Uh, so the way we're going to do this is we have um, some podcast questions that we were going to ask each other. Um I'll ask the question, I guess, Miss Prickett, you're going to answer it, and then I'll answer it myself, or if you have to think about one, we'll go back and forth, and we'll we'll make it more of a conversation, and yeah, we'll, let's good. learn about each other. Okay, so uh, the first question that we have is, why did you decide to become a teacher? Uh, this question is uh, together with, what's your favorite part of being a teacher? So why did you decide to become a teacher, What's your and what's your favorite part of the teacher? So when we're also talking about did, did you have previous jobs? I mean, did you, are you straight out of college? I don't know. Well, I know. They don't know. Right. So that's what we're trying to find out. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and get started. So really, when I first began thinking about teaching was actually when I was about y'all's age, when mm. I was in seventh grade, I had an amazing seventh grade social studies teacher, actually, and shout out to her. She really just kind of influenced me and I had already really enjoyed the subject of history. I think partially I just took to history early on. My mom Mm -hmm. also loves history. She majored in history actually. And so that had a little bit of a impact on it as well. 
And when I had the seventh grade teacher, it really just um, kind of increased even further my love of the subject and also just my appreciation for, I think, what teachers do. Um, and so that's when I first kind of thought about maybe, maybe I'll be a teacher, but obviously I was in, mm-hmm. you know, I was what, 13, I guess. Yeah. So you guys will probably see, maybe some of you will stick with what you have wanted to always be. Maybe you'll change. Who knows? Yeah. But I know that for me, I did still consider some other things as well. Um, when I was in college, I actually changed majors a few times. Um, I went as far as into a science major, which <laughs> I look back on and I'm like, I don't really for know what? what I was doing. But <laughs> well, what would you want to do? I was um, a nutrition major for a brief period of time and you thought about doing some, some health stuff. At Auburn? Yes, at Auburn. You know, my, you know, my wife was in the nutrition at Auburn as oh. well. Yeah, she went for, for her master's, did a year and a half, wow. and then dropped out and then went to perfusion school. <laughs> she was <laughs> like, yeah, it's really, really, and it, I mean, it took her a year and a half to figure out that it wasn't for her, but she did, and then went to perfusion school in, in USC, but... Wow. Yeah, she was there as well. Well, There you go. I did not know that. She was an Auburn Tiger for a little bit. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. You learn something new all the time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, anyways, I kind of like what Mr. Weiss said, you know, part of the process, I think, is just get into that end point of what you want to do. It's totally fine if you do Mm -hmm. change your mind at times. And so I fairly quickly, I think I made about one year maybe in nutrition and then I (laughs) uh, still stayed at Auburn, but I switched back to... Um, I think I switched to just history actually, cause I was still kind of like, mm, not entirely sure. Could still maybe want to go to law school. Which I'm also now like, huh. but anyways, you and I are the same. Eventually I got to history education and here I am a history teacher and this will be my third year of teaching. Yeah. So I, um, have been at Rudolph Gordon the entire time. I'm grateful to be at Rudolph Gordon. And yeah, really though, to get back to the why, I guess, cause that's just yes. a lot of the, how I got to this place. The why really is just, I think the more that I, I thought about different career options, one of the things was, okay, I first of all know I want to be around people. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to do an office job. Um, I like interaction. And the more I thought about it, I was like, I really like, um, you know, interaction with, with kids and getting to help kids build confidence, um, you know, especially in those middle school years. I never really thought I would do sixth grade, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but the job opened up, and I was like, oh, why not? And now I have to say, I mm. would be very sad to leave sixth grade. Um, I would, but... I really have enjoyed this age group and just... Um, we both lucked into to Rudolph Gordon, too. Yeah, yeah, and just... Um, yeah, but ultimately, guys, it's just I, I realized I wanted to be able to have an impact like my teacher in seventh grade had an impact on me, and here I am still awesome. talking about her, and so it really, that's just kind of my why in short is cool. just instilling confidence in you guys. Okay, um, let's see. <coughs> For me... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I went to, I didn't, I didn't want to be a teacher, uh, <laughs> you know, in, um, 
middle school, high school, no idea really what I want to do. I, you know, I had a loose idea of I'm going to go to law school because I come from a family of lawyers and judges and throughout history, that's what we've been. And, uh, it just, you know, it was, it wasn't for me. I did, um, after college, I went to Emory in Atlanta. I did get into, uh, law school, but I decided I'd go into maritime archaeology instead, which is kind of a focus on history because at the time and still to this day, I'm very big into scuba diving. Um, uh, I've, I've an instructor certification. Uh, so I'm like, I'm big into it. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, and I loved history too. So I was like, well, how can I meld these two things together and maritime archeology, span which is like underwater archeology, span not really finding buried treasure. I mean, it could happen, but mainly it's, you know, understanding the past because, the history of the world is the history of um, seafaring. Like mm-hmm. once we've, once we moved out of uh, caves and off the plains and into houses, we went into the rivers. Because and you'll learn that we grew up along yeah. river valleys, and that's the history of being on the water, being in the sea. So that's what maritime archaeology is. It tells the history of us as well. So I was kind of like, it was something big for me. Um, so I went all around the world, and I. And then, you know, I had got this inkling in my head that, you know, I, I can't really do anything. I, I, I can't have a family. I can't do any of these things um, with maritime archaeology because you're gone, you know, six, eight months out of the year. I mean, you're gone a lot. And it's just not that, – that wasn't for me. So um, as I was thinking these things, I got into a, a really bad accident. I'm not going to tell you what kind of accident because it will be a um, – because I like to leave my students guessing about what it is. But my, um, needless to say, I was uh, in the hospital for uh, over a week. Um, I was in recovery for uh, about nine months and laid up, couldn't couldn't really use my right arm, and I'm right-handed. Um, so I have a, like a 13% loss of mobility, and I was sitting around, and I was thinking, oh, man, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? Kind of a, you know, uh, what they use, call, use the term come-to-Jesus moment, and I was like, maritime archaeology is not for me. So I kind of floated around for a couple of years. I did, um, uh, I worked for the YMCA, uh, group exercise, did uh, personal training. Um, let's see, I worked at a scuba diving shop as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Bermuda Triangle, the best and only dive shop in Greenville. <laughs> um, so I, I worked there for a couple of years maybe. And then um, I was kind of, and then, well, I worked there first and then the YMCA. And then I was like, well, man, what do I want to do? I just do not know what I want to do because the Y is not where I want to be. Um, so I had a friend who went through this program through Clemson called the MAT program, which is a master's of arts and teaching. And I and he told me about it and he was a middle school teacher. He's the um, athletic director at Baldwin Middle School. And he said, maybe you should give this a try. I really like it. So... I did. I went to Clemson for um, my MAT student teaching. The first time I went into the classroom, um, I was at Malden Middle, uh, and I said, "Man, this is it. This is this is definitely what I want to do." And I really enjoyed it. Um, then I worked in Spartanburg. Um, didn't work out for me. I just ugh, the school I was at was it was rough. I'll put it like that. So I ended up you know, looking for another, 
another um, teaching job, and I I will say that I lucked into the Rudolph Gordon job because uh, I, I was worried. I was like, man, I'm gonna have to sub all year because none of the jobs have come open because I got onto the job market way too late. That was my own stupidity of doing that, but I got on the job market way too late. It worked out. Yeah, it did work out. Uh, and then <laughs> because um, I got a call, I, I saw a Rudolph Gordon post because somebody had, uh, the other social studies teacher for sixth grade had decided not to come. Yeah. Um, and it, this is August now. Uh, this it is, is like four days before yeah. school starting, guys. Like, I'm freaking out a little bit. It's it's mo- so, so it's a Monday, the job goes up. I, I have notifications that I immediately send out my resume. Um, Dan Anderson, um, who you guys should know, got back to me on Tuesday and he pulled me and he said, you want to come in for an interview? I was like, yes, please. Uh, so I come in on that Tuesday, um, I have the interview. He calls me Wednesday morning and says, okay, you got the job. And I was like, awesome. So I come in Wednesday and I start moving my stuff in. Um, now I don't know anything about Rudolph Gordon. I'd never heard of it, honestly. Until, I haven't really either, yeah, to be honest. I until mean. then. And then I roll in and Thursday, so this that was Wednesday when I moved in. Thursday is meet the <laughs> teacher and Monday is school. So it's, <laughs> yeah, I came in at the last minutes, the 11th hour, and it worked out for me. So um, And for me. Yeah, so it was kind of a haphazard way that I got to teaching. But so it's it's a career changer, obviously, for me. Oh, and I didn't mention that, but I also own a retail store. I still do. Uh, it's a collectible card game store. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. It's in um, it's in Malden. You've mentioned that before, but yes. I forgot. Yes, called Next Gen Trading um, LLC. We are the largest Magic the Gathering um, distributor, tournament organizer uh, outside of big box stores. They don't do tournaments, but outside of big box stores in South Carolina. Um, wow. I don't really take part in it anymore. I haven't... Um, I haven't been an active member. I'm still an owner, but I've been an active member since we hired on, since we hired on, since we shipped off one of the other owners and um, got in new owners who are really, who run the day to day. All right. So that's kind of how I want, I became a teacher. Um, so what's your favorite part of being a teacher? Let's forget. All right. So this goes a little bit along with what I was kind of talking about towards the end of that first question, but really my favorite, if I had to pick one single favorite part, it would just be getting to know the students by the end of the year, knowing so much more than I did at mm. the beginning and getting to hear from them in the following years is really cool too. I think, um, you know, I haven't sure. been a teacher for very long, but in case anyone is listening who is an older student, just uh, mm-hmm. know that we do really appreciate it. And um, we really do remember you guys, um, you know, you are students for not just the year, but forever. So you always are going to be our kids. Um, yeah, I think that. And then, you know, as far as just the socialized part, I mentioned earlier, I love history and, you mm. know, I, I really, I just loved it in general, but I really appreciated the teachers who taught history when I was growing up that really gave me an opportunity to look at different sides, to debate, to engage in projects. And some of my teachers did that. Some of them (laughs) did not. And I really think that that is an important part of what both Mr. Weish and I hope to achieve 
through our teaching, just giving you an opportunity to look at many sides of any issue and um, hopefully learning more about yourself as well through that. So, yeah, Um, I guess for me, uh, I, I think the most sacred charge that we have as, as teachers, especially as social studies teachers is to prepare you students to be the best citizens you possibly can be. Uh, the way I like to think of it is um, you're going to be voting. You're sixth graders. You're going to be voting within seven to eight years. Yep. Some of you, some of you would be seven, some of you would be eight, and some could even be eight, six. six yeah. yeah, really. I mean, so you're going to be voting soon. Within this decade, you will, this decade, yeah, 2020, yep. within this decade, you will vote. You will vote in a, in a presidential election. You'll be able to vote. And your vote does matter. I see this too often, people voting against their own self-interest, voting against themselves, voting about ideology and not about, they're not using their brains to vote. So it's our job, I feel like, as social studies teachers to make you a better citizen, to make you be able to look at both sides of an argument, to be able to take that critical thinking perspective and say, okay, this is what I believe. Now, let me find the person that helps encapsulate that helps back it up because we are a representative democracy you select your representative and that representative doesn't have to be everything to you but as long as they they do you know what you really hold dear and it's not kind of a half thing like you can't say well i'm gonna have morals on this but not morals on this i mean it's you need to be able to argue your point if you ever feel when you're in an argument and somebody says well why do you think that and you feel yourself getting defensive your point is not on solid ground. Mm-hmm. And our job is to teach you to find that solid ground, yep. to have that in your head. And like I said, I, I tell my students, I tell you guys all the time, I don't care who you vote for. Yeah. I never will care. I'm not going to try to influence you one way or the other, one party, one uh, philosophy, anything like that. That is not up to me. That is your decision to make. But what I will do is I will make you the best possible citizen so you can make a good vote. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing. When you're voting, you're voting for me as well. And your vote is going to affect me. You are the change engines of the future, and that's what I believe. And I can just tell you that my generation, and Ms. Brigitte and I have talked, are, is she, are, are we, we in the are, same generation? Yeah, we are, actually. We, I'm on the very... And I'm cusp of and so am I, I I'm, I'm we're, we're on the opposite ends yeah. of, of it so we have very different life experiences in that way as far as like the internet and technology goes yes um but at the same time we're considered the same generation and our generation is screwing up for you is, is messing it up and it's <laughs> it's up to you and these school years it's up to you to form your identity it is up to you to use all the tools that we are attempting to give you to make informed decisions, to make not just your life better, but all of our lives. I mean, we're, you know, this is, we're a comprehensive system and we need you in here and need you as the best possible citizen you can be. That's, I think that's my favorite part of being a teacher is being that, is helping you guys become what's not just best for you, but best for society as well, Mm -hmm. because we're all in this together. <laughs> and well, I, I, I use a lot of um, I use a lot of uh, 
sayings and phraseology and that you'll hear this from me a lot. Um, and just kind of quotes. I, I do that a lot. Uh, but one of the ones that I like, you know, is the tide raises all ships, right? So if something's going to be genuinely good for you, it should be genuinely good for all of us and raise us all up. Oh, well said. <laughs> I got a little chills during yeah. that speech. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I've, I think a lot about it because uh, it's it is important. Yeah. I mean, that I mean, that's our that's our sacred charge yeah. is to make people is to make our students better citizens. Yeah. yeah and you guys will see that. We'll we'll ask a lot of why a lot of why questions just yes. asking you to explain to us. It's going to make you, know, you mad. Why? It's, I mean, so. it is. No, nobody likes to hear. Well, why? Yep. It's but we're not doing it to be mean. We're doing this to get you to grow. Yep. As people. Um, OK, so our next question will be, uh, how do you think? Your student would describe you. This can be good. This can be bad. This could be kind of a um, really. I mean, this is an interview question, right? Right. How would your students describe you? I know when we interview our teachers, because I sit in as the department chair for social studies. I sit in a lot of the yep. social studies interviews, and that was one of the things. How do we view? Uh, how would your students describe you? All right. Give me a couple descriptors. Couple descriptors. I would say. Patience, mm. for sure. I think I not me. am pretty patient. <laughs> I think my students would say probably thoughtful and shows that I put a lot of effort into what I'm doing for the students. That was like a sentence of descriptors, but mm-hmm. uh, I would say positive. Yes. And... Think on the the flip side. Oh yeah. If I can do that, I would say. Well, first of all, I would say that you know, one as a young teacher, but in general, as a teacher in general, you always want to be working on improving. But I think one mm-hmm. thing that probably is visible to my students that I could work on, if that makes sense. Sure. Is I feel like certain times I get flustered and rush through material very easily Mm -hmm. because I feel like we're behind or I feel like we have to get to this one thing and really in the moment what we're talking about is really cool and I should just let the moment happen (laughs) so yeah I think that's uh and in general I just think that I can I can go a little bit I guess well I mean you've for the last two years you've taught radically different styles yeah and I guess that's true too like I haven't I'm still trying to adjust. There's no to, groove for to you the, to get in. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's one kind of visible thing that they mm-hmm. would probably say, though, that. Yeah. I could do better. Let's see, um, for me, uh, I think loud. Uh, that's one of the first things you notice about me. Um, I. I consider myself um, kind of the. Uh, the voice of the sixth grade teachers when things need to be said. It's usually me because I'm, the loudest. Yeah. You'd say that. That's probably true, right? Yeah. I think before you and Modrat could have both. Exactly. But yeah. now and you're the now, soul. Now, now, now it's just me and she's up in eighth grade yeah. doing her thing. But um, yeah, so we're the, uh, so loud. Um, sometimes it can be disconcerting for students and I need to tone it down. Uh, but I do get excited and the more excited I get, the louder I get. Usually. I do think too, after like literally a week for most of them, they're like, 
used to it and well, maybe it's just enjoy that it. It's like shell shock, right? So you just yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, well, bombs are going of off everywhere. You. Plenty of them have heard you that's from right. the Renaissance Fair. That's right. They they have heard me from the Renaissance Fair. But understand that that voice that's me always. So <laughs> it's that's that's not a, that's not for show. Um, okay, so uh, like I said, um, loud. Um, I think I like to think of myself as funny. Um, a lot of the times, I would uh, agree. Some of the teach some of the um, students might change that and this could be maybe something I need to work on uh, being savage I, I've heard that multiple mm-hmm. times um, everyone everyone is going to get it equally I mean I'm self-deprecating my humor as well so I come after myself that's uh, why I feel like you don't need yeah. to work on it it's, it's, it's <laughs> but, fair <laughs> but I mean I you know if, if I see something I'm going to say something always now I'm I'm not not saying I'm a bully or anything like that only to my um colleagues right right <laughs> he will tell you multiple times that i'm the mean teacher so yes. just be warned it's not true no it absolutely <laughs> is true and we can do a debate about this and we'll, we'll tell you why i don't want to debate <laughs> <laughs> so anyways um i see i loud um i said I, I think i'm funny um i think probably my best quality as a teacher is uh my knowledge of the subject um I really do enjoy what I teach. Yeah. I enjoy all aspects of history, obviously some more than others, but I really do enjoy it. And um, throughout my life, I've just accrued the you know knowledge of it. And so I have a lot of anecdotes and a lot of you know bits of history here and there that I just that I'll kind of yeah. throw out. But it's one of the things that I think is probably my best feature as a teacher. Yeah, I think. Well, I think your students really love it too because mm-hmm. you can. I mean, answer most most things. I try to, um, and if I can't answer a question, I'll tell you I can't, and I'll yeah. and I'll, I'll get back to you, and I'll, I will figure it out. Um, let's see. Um, as far as something I need to work on, um, I get out. Oh, oh, this is the, this is the number one. Um, now you might try to distract me. I'll always come back. I, I always know where I'm at, but I go off on. Um, tangents constantly Mm -hmm. it's that's a that's a (laughs) that's not a that's not a teaching problem that's a life problem for me um so i you know i'll kind of spool off into you know you know i don't think that's a really a word but whatever i'm gonna use it i'm gonna i'll shoot off into into, into one direction yeah that that, that's exactly right it's like if you if it's like it's midnight you gotta go to bed but but three but, hours later. But yeah, but you get on the internet and you're like, let me look this up on Wikipedia or whatever. I mean, and you can you can use Wikipedia if you want. I, I'm, you, 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 no, you can. The sponsor can come for me if she wants, but you can use it for information. But I wouldn't consider it the end all be all of your information, and you can't use it as your source. Yeah. Well, you you can if and as you long as you kind of have to it. research it further to make sure it's true. Absolutely. But like falling down a wiki uh, a wiki hole when you're like, oh my god. Let me let me learn about this. Oh, and that takes you somewhere else because I'm gonna click a link. Oh, what's this? Yes, that is me in a nutshell in a classroom a lot of times. So, um, but I always do remember where I'm at. So I always circle back. I'm I'm pretty good with time management, so I can do that. But sometimes it can be overwhelming. Not just to well to you guys. It's not overwhelming to me because that's the way my my mind works. But it can be overwhelming, and I need to cut that back or at least define it better. Um, let's see. Do you have a favorite topic to teach in your content area? Tell me why this is your favorite topic to teach. 
All right, this is a tough one. It Again, kind of going back hard. to the fact that we have changed what we teach. And what uh, do we teach? We teach all of history. All of history. So I have, <laughs> lot, I have a lot to choose from here, guys. No, I mean, it's, it's only what, I mean, when we consider that it's probably human, um, because we, we don't really do hunter-gatherer, like that's really well, okay, not part of our true, thing. So we get to cut out about 80,000 years, but we're still looking at... Uh, 16 to 20,000 years of history. Yeah. So make a choice. And 16 what, to 20. And how many days? Okay, uh, anyways. 180. So I think I'm going to go with kind of a broad topic because okay. seeing as we teach so much, um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say this year, and this could change, but this year I really enjoyed our middle age unit just oh, yeah. kind of across the board. You'll... You'll see, but we teach a lot in the Middle Age unit. Japan, mm-hmm. West Africa, Europe's in there with the knights and all that. You guys are probably more familiar with Europe as far as medieval times, but I really Mesoamerica as well. Mesoamerica's in there. Mm-hmm. I really feel like that time period you get to look at so many different areas mm-hmm. and kind of compare what's going on in each place. And I also just really enjoyed the project that we did at the end of it this year. We'll we'll see if we do that, but <laughs> I hope so. Um, we did kind of a model UN type thing, and I think the kids really learned a lot about their specific mm-hmm. country, and it was just uh, it was cool. I really enjoyed that time period. I don't really remember uh, going that <laughs> in depth on no. those. Well, that that was one of the most, and that um that project was one of the ones that when we we did we got some feedback from our students from last year. Um, and that was one of the things that they enjoyed the most. That and the Renaissance Fair, I think. Yeah, yeah, Renaissance Fair was definitely up there. But I mean, we did the Middle Age project back in October, November. So I was pretty was it, impressed oh gosh, that so many kids. I mean, not so many, but like a good percentage of kids said yeah, that was one of their favorites. So, uh, Anyways, yeah, go ahead. This is a near impossible question, and if you ask me, it just depends on the day, right? Honestly, yeah. you, you could say, "Oh, you know, today and today is going to be Rome because of this," or. I do have to. I do think that the answer I'm going to give you today is um, we're going to say river valleys, and uh, the reason for river valleys is not because I'm you know an Egypt person. I I do have some social studies friends, other teachers who are very big into Egypt, and that's oh that's their thing. It's not. I think it's because it's the building block of all of civilization. Like I mean, that's really where it started, and. Um, you get to seeing the foundations of civilization really lets you see what's important to humans, what's important yeah. to people. Let's it really shows us where you know where we come from because at our most basic, we are our most truthful. I think about who we are, um, and it's usually not a very pretty picture. Just to be honest, I mean, we are not a, a very pretty species uh, as it is, as far as internally, and I think. I think that fight against that uh, um, against the ugliness in our nature is what makes civilization so wonderful. I mean, and that's or terrible in that same yeah. manner because I mean, we we see the terror throughout you know history, but we also see you know wonder and I and it starts in the river valleys when you know civilizations come together and they say you know this is what's important to us. You know, th- this is what it means to be a human being. Uh, we're no longer you know following game. We're no longer hunting and gathering. Uh, this way of life is easier, but also we see, you know, the, the real birth of religion. And this is, this is kind of where it all starts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, what I'm going to do is 
at the end of this question, I'm going to actually pause our podcast for a second, and we're going to come back in a minute. I should have put more batteries in the uh, voice recorder, so we're going to pause it and come back. Okay. All right. Thanks. Okay, and we are back. Uh, Sorry, guys, that we um, had to... Yeah, okay, so... I'm not tacking this onto the old one, so this is going to be two separate audio tracks. Okay. Well, at least we know where we ended, so we'll be we're going to be fine. Okay. This episode will get made. <laughs> we won't have to do a third one. Oh god! Or at least we won't have to do a full third one. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. All right. So um, our next question uh, is: What should your students know about you to be more successful? Um, like your pet peeves, etc. All right. So my main one is. Just respect in general. I plan to respect you, Mm -hmm. all of you. If you ever feel that I'm not showing you respect, I would much rather you let me know so that I can uh, do that because I never want to not be showing you respect that you deserve. Mm, We can can talk after class. (laughs) But no, my main point really is that I just really expect my students to respect one another. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. I, as we have said, we will be doing a lot of conversing in our class, hopefully this year. Um, But there will, regardless, there will be lots of discussions. And in those discussions, it is really important that we respect one another. And kind of going along with that, the the blurting out is really one of my pet peeves. I know we all do it. I know mm-hmm. I did it sometimes when I was growing up. I'm not going to hold a grudge, grudge against you if you do it a few times. It's okay. But I do think there's a point where you are either just doing it to do it or you kind of are um, just actually really excited about the answer maybe. Mm. That, that to me is a little bit different, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, I just try not to it out try to raise that hand and I think that Mr. Weish and I both do a pretty good job of Mm -hmm. letting you guys ask questions I want you to ask questions I want you to be curious yes if you're not curious that's going to be alarming to me and I'm (laughs) going to need to change how I'm teaching because that means you're not engaged Mm -hmm. so I really hope that you'll ask questions and I hope that you know you will have opportunities to answer those questions or to ask those questions and also to just mm-hmm. talk in general. So, uh, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I mean, respect is a, is a big thing. Um, as far as, uh, pet peeves. Um, well, I guess really the way I want to look at this is, um, I consider sixth grade as the gatekeeper for the rest of middle school. Uh, so you're not in elementary school anymore. Now, in case you didn't hear me the first time, you're not in elementary school anymore. So uh, we have things, and I'm sure you might have seen them, or maybe you haven't. Something called an NHI means not handed in. Now, that'll go in your grade book, and it is up to you to check your grade book. Not me. I'm not going to tell you when I put in a bad grade or when I put an NHI or anything like that. I'm not going to tell you because that's not my job to tell you. Mm-hmm. I have 100 students. I can't tell every student when they make a mistake here and there. But if you come to me, and ask me, okay, Mr. White, what is this about? I promise I will tell you, but I'm not going to come for you. So you don't, an NHI not hand it in. If you do not hand something in, I'm not coming looking for it. This right. isn't like an elementary school. I don't, 
come looking for it because I have 100 students, not 20, not 30. I have yeah. 100, so I can't do that. So please, please check your grade book. So when you see that NHI, you need to come and say, okay, what do I need to do to get this in? Yeah. So check your grade book at least twice a week. Yeah. Sometime, probably more. Just, I mean, you can do it in the morning. You get into school. I don't know. Honestly, I have no idea the way the school year is going to work. But let's pretend it was normal school year. And you can take this with you next year when you're in seventh and, and then eighth grade. Uh, when you go into morning holding, I'm pretty sure your teachers are going to let you open up your Chromebook and check your grades. Check your grades. Yeah. Check them. Go so ahead and learn it now, guys. Yeah, there is no, there are no excuses for not turning things in. Now, let's say, well, I, I say that, but let me, let's just say something happened at home. You know, things happen, man. Life happens. We get that. Come and tell us. Yeah. Come and tell us. Be honest. And I guess that that's one of the big things that we struggle with. That not we don't, but that you guys tend to struggle with during the year is this. Um, also. Uh, in my class, uh, part of the respect thing going along with Miss Prickett is being honest. Now, you're going to do, you are sixth graders. And for those of you that are maybe in seventh and eighth grade hearing this as well, here's what you need to do. Listen. Think about what the things you're doing. You're going to fall out of your chair. You're going to, um, you're going to do, you're going to do something that is going to, you know, disturb the class, annoy the teacher, something like that. It's going to happen. I mean, things like this happen. But here's the thing. When a teacher comes and says, why are why did you do that? What do you think you're doing? You know, this kind of question. The response isn't, <laughs> don't shrug your shoulders at me. Don't tell me you don't know because what you are saying, what you are saying in that moment is that you are not in control of your own body. And that is ridiculous. You are in control of your own body. <laughs> so you better handle it now. Be honest with me. If you say, look, I said that I had the, I gave that outburst like Miss Prickett was saying, because I just felt like saying it. Okay, you're being honest. You're still going to get punished. You know, if we're at that stage as far as because uh, we'll talk about, you'll learn about our step system. Once again, this also depends on <laughs> on the way schools will look. But guys, be honest with us. Just just let us know. Yeah. So um, really, those are those are the things to be successful. You know, keep up. Always ask us questions. Uh, but here's the thing. There's a caveat to these asking questions. Don't interrupt your teacher. Let your teacher finish in instructions. Because more likely than not, and, I, and, I, and this is from experience, ask any teacher, I promise you that they will tell you 75% of the questions that come their way will if, be the, answered. if the student had waited would have been answered. Every single time. So you need to wait. And then if you don't hear your question, raise your hand. That's what we're here for. We're here to teach you. We're here to help you. Let us know how to help you. Yeah. And that and that's another thing. Let us know when you need help. Exactly. Don't be embarrassed. Everybody needs help. I need a lot of help in my own life. All the time. Same. I mean, that's part of being a human. Now, you want to be a, help, a healthy human being? You want to be... People you, know. Yeah, you want to be somebody who is better than that you were the day before because that that's the goal. That's the goal, people, is to be better today than you were yesterday. And you'll hear me say this in class. I'll say, 
do better, know better, and be better. Because <laughs> when you make a mistake in my class, you need to do better. Mm-hmm. Then you know better, and then you can be better. Or, and I don't know if I say it in that order. I say it in a lot of different orders because it's not really in a specific order. But guys, let us know, man. That's what we're here for. We're here, and we, I promise you, that you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna think, oh, Mr. White is being so strict about this, or I can't believe Ms. Prickett made me do this. We don't, we're not doing things randomly because we're trying to, you know, get at you guys. We're doing it because we love you. Mm-hmm. And you say that that doesn't make any sense. Why, why would you scold me if you love me? Because if I didn't love you, if I didn't care, I wouldn't do it. I just let you do what you wanted, and I would move on with the rest of my day. You wouldn't be important to me. But because every single one of my students is important to me, understand that you've got, just got to let us know. Yep. I think that's, well I think that's pretty, pretty much uh, what our students n- need to know for our class. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do your uh, essential questions. You need to know that for <laughs> social studies. Do your essential questions. It's easy. We, <laughs> I created the website. Ms. Prickett created the questions. And we have, we have made it easy for you to know exactly what you need to yeah. know in my social studies class. Everything else, and I mean everything else in the class, is just extra. It's to help fill you in. Your textbook is online. We've created your textbook. Yeah. And if I do say so very myself, thorough. they're very thorough. They're very good looking. Um, lots of pictures. Lots of pictures to help you get the idea. If you... If you're having a hard time with the question, you can send us an email. Always send an email. Oh, Once yeah. again, it, yeah. it, it circles back. Let us know. Yeah. I don't know you need help don't unless you ask me for help. Let us know the day it's due, though. Oh, let yeah. Let us if know you, before. <laughs> yeah, if you let me know, oh, Mr. Watch, I didn't know. What have you been doing the last three weeks? You knew it was due. Yeah. Um, I we don't do know. We usually give a good bit of time, guys, on those, <sighs> I will say. Yes. We, and in the beginning of the year, you're going to get that. You're going to get a lot more grace in the beginning of the year. By the end of the year? I expect you to know what to do. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now we have a couple of personality questions that right. are specific to the teacher. So you'll hear not only us answer it, but all your teachers answer it. Um, wow. Uh, okay. There's a lot. So let me start with a a big one. Uh, how about um, this is for us? Uh, personal hero. Oh. Maybe maybe like a historical person. Um, I guess kind of like who would you want to sit down and hang out with, right? Like. I, I, it's a tough. This I was is a, say, there's so many people. So many amazing people. Who's the first person when, when I said there's one person that, that jumped to your mind? Um, I just am gonna go with the one I said. Okay. On yeah. the first one, I think, because I still think I stand by it. Uh, I'm going with Nelson Mandela on this one. Mm-hmm. He is a fairly recent figure in history. He has passed away at this point, but he was in jail I think for 27 years he basically was trying to help end what's known as apartheid in South Africa he was a major leader in that movement and other movements as well but he was put in prison for a very very long time for an apartheid for those you who don't know it's basically um kind of separation of Legalized racism. Legalized, yeah, legalized racism. Um, and he was a huge figure in getting apartheid um, to end. Obviously, South South Africa 
still is working on that today. I've actually been to South Africa before, which I think is part of the reason why I'd also like to meet such an an influential figure in that Mm -hmm. area of the world. Um, But yeah, you know, they said the, the I could re- say a lot of people, but I'm going with them. You know, the, the reason they said, like, uh, one of the ways that South Africa did it, um, like, ended apartheid, and said, well, you know, there's no, um, <laughs> there is no, um, there's no way that, that, uh, that we can get to the, uh, it's tough to, it's tough to kind of wrap up. Okay, here we go. So in South Africa, um, we know that apartheid is over, but it doesn't mean that the the ideas behind that racism and the separation is yeah. because it's still there's still massive economic disparity between races. I right? think they have one of the biggest disparities in the world. Oh, for sure. But uh, but we also ask how did all this stuff get overturned? Because the white people were in control. Like I mean, mm-hmm. how did it how did it happen? Well, it's people actually had the conversation, things that we are afraid to have in America. Yep. And Nelson Mandela is one of the big leaders in that. And that's, it, it's not, his wasn't about violence. It's, it's about, let's talk about it. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty powerful. I think for my personal hero, um, another one from this or last century is um, Nikola Tesla. Um, now, I don't know why I've always been fascinated with Tesla. Always been fascinated ever since I was a little kid. Yes. So you you might have thought I would say somebody like, you know, Jacques Cousteau or somebody along those lines, but no, it's always been Nikola Tesla. I don't know why. I I can't tell you why. I mean, there are a lot of historical people who I'd like to ask questions to, but Nikola Tesla, he just seems so cool. Just like the, You know, he could have become the world's first, like, billionaire, right? Like, I mean, and I'm talking about a billionaire in turn of the 19th century billionaire. Which is crazy. Which is, un- which is ridiculous. But he didn't because he wanted the world to be a better place. He didn't patent AC current. I mean, he did, but he didn't, like, he let Westinghouse use it as opposed, and he, it's, it's crazy. I mean, like, he was truly for the betterment of mankind. He, the stuff he wanted to do, he didn't care as much about uh, making money as he cared about making the world a better place. And I think that's, that's so important. And this guy was, I mean, he's a Serbian immigrant to America, right? Became an American citizen. I mean, it's a true, you know, American story. Just brilliant guy comes over. And not only does he come over, but he kind of puts the American invention establishment in their place. He, took on Thomas Edison, who was one of the most powerful people in the world at the time. I mean, he was the genius. He was the wizard of Menlo Park. He, he is this guy who is a titan. I mean, he created GE, right? One of the biggest corporations in the world. I mean, this guy was amazing. And Tesla comes in and says, yeah, you're great. And he even worked for him. He said, but you're wrong. You're wrong. That DC current is wrong. It doesn't make sense. Why would you want to send electric charge a couple miles when you could send it a couple hundred miles it doesn't and i could do it for a higher voltage but do it at a higher rate i mean it's just tesla was really really cool and his four thing he invented he invented the idea really of the internet Hmm. sorry al gore he but he came up with the um like he wanted to create a transmission of electricity like transmit it through the um 
Onosphere of it just he wow and he had the brains to make a lot of this stuff happen and that and that's what's crazy we all can have crazy ideas this guy had crazy ideas and he could back he, it up he did make it happen. so that i think it's just he's a very interesting um if you ever want to learn about somebody that you probably haven't heard about you've heard of a tesla coil yeah most people have makes your hair stand up but that's all you know all the electricity that you use in your house that we're using right now it happened yeah. because of him. If he hadn't pushed it, we would be on this just garbage DC <laughs> that um, that Thomas Edison was pushing. And Thomas Edison He's even so come, came out the end of, too, in, though, at the end of his know. life. I mean, yeah. most people know Edison and don't know. Yeah. So, oh, Edison invented the light bulb. Yeah. yeah. Edison uh, at the Chicago World's Fair, which is actually the 1889 World's Fair, which is a really cool. Uh, there's something called... There's a book called The Devil in the White City, which when you guys get older, you should read. It's pretty amazing. It's about a serial killer and who lived during this time, but also the creation of the, the Chicago World's Fair, which was shouldn't have happened, but it did, and it was phenomenal. And Westinghouse and Tesla get to uh, light it. They win the bid over, um, mm-hmm. over Edison, and Edison was like, yeah, we well, can't use my light bulbs. So Tesla was like, okay, cool. They invented their own light bulbs for it. I mean, so... <laughs> It's like, well, Edison, yeah, you're great, but we can do the same thing, and we chose AC. And it's better. Yeah, and it's better. And then he, and then Edison, at the end of his life, did, or at uh, some other point, he said, yeah, that was one of his, that's his biggest mistake was not going with AC. Wow. <laughs> but, and he tried to destroy it too. Uh, sorry, it, it's I, I really do like, um, obviously, Nikola Tesla. He's very cool to me. Okay, um, now personality questions. Let's talk about some favorites. All right. Okay. Um, is this like a yo oh, lightning speed round? round? Okay. Speed round, come on. Let, let, uh, well, sort of. I felt uh, like we were like gearing up. <laughs> I think you're ready. Uh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna start out with the most important question. The most important question. You know what it Ooh. is. You know what it is. What's the most important question? I am gonna be sad if I'm wrong about this, but I think you're gonna ask about sports. You're a hundred percent correct. <laughs> it's but it's not just sports. It's, it's one team. sport. It's, it's, it's really football. Oh, football. Okay. F- f- football. I mean, that's, but I'll give you a chance to talk about, you know, Which basketball football? and stuff like that. Oh, well, see, see, there you <laughs> go. I mean, it, it's all, it's all important, right? So, so we're going to start out with teams, uh, college team, Auburn, all the way Clemson for me. Um, now we're going to, we're going to do professionals. Okay. Okay. So, because college encapsulates all the other sports, whatever. So, uh, Let's go more esoteric. Um, hockey. Uh, I would have to go with the Predators. Okay. Uh, I, for me, I say it's the Lightning, um, mainly Lightning. because my wife's uh, from Tampa. Her father, my father-in-law, has season tickets, so I've been to a couple of nice. um, a Lightning games. That, you know, and I don't follow hockey at all. Yeah. So, I, I, so I had to make a choice, and I have a, um, I have a Kucherov jersey. So, or sorry sweater or I don't know I mean I've heard you can call him a, a hockey jersey or you call him a hockey, sw- hockey sweater I don't yeah. care but I have a Kucherov jersey I'm gonna call it I have a Preds just shirt I don't yeah. have a jersey I'm not on that level yet huh. but I have been to a couple well, games he bought it for me and that and they're super expensive yeah, they're really expensive like more than an NFL Andrew jersey does have one in yeah they're like 180 <laughs> bucks it's crazy okay um basketball oh NBA, NBA. 
uh, Celtics because okay. my dad is a longtime Celtics fan going back to Larry Bird, and I just kind of picked it up from that. I don't care too much about NBA, to be honest. Same same, same here. I kind of I follow players that I find interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I like watching LeBron play. I love watching Steph Curry play just because, like, the angle of shot – yeah. That he takes it, it's well, cool he, that he went to Davidson too. Yeah, it is cool. He he's an I mean he can be kind of annoying, like his face kind of annoys me sometimes when he's. <laughs> but he is, oh my god, is he good? Um, okay, uh, but for me it's it's the Hornets because you know grew up here. Local. Okay, this is an easy one. Baseball. Uh, I guess Braves. You guess? Come on, it has to be the Atlanta. Braves. Okay, Braves, but I will say favorite park I've been to. I've been to Wrigley. Oh yeah, super Same cool. Here. It is really cool. But uh, yeah, I, I but the fans same, are terrible. same with NBA. I'm not like no. super passionate about any. I'm super passionate about team not Yankees, but my my dad's father Braves. My dad's mother was really into the Braves. Like every I I got I'd come over to her house and swim um and she would always have the a Braves game on. She'd be sitting in the kitchen. But uh yeah, I went to a couple World Series in the nineties. Um so Braves. I don't really follow baseball. I kinda honestly find it boring unless I'm there. Yeah. Um now, football. Panthers. Panthers, me too. I can agree. Yeah, we definitely agree on that. Um, so, yeah, so there it is. There's uh, some of the most important uh, questions that you'll have. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, oh, and who don't we like? Now, uh, we're not going to talk about Gamecocks because they're not really in a conversation as far as football is concerned <laughs> anymore. Uh, are not, we going to say this in unison? Is you that say this in, here? One, two, three. Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> yeah, not a fan. Um, and, you know, she has a real reason, and we have a more recent reason. Just not a, just not a fan. No. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay, so let's go with... Um, give me your... Uh, this, this, is a, this is a tough one, so we're going to... Uh, I don't know how to do it. Um, top of your head, favorite TV show. No, I don't know how to TV do this. TV show? Because, I mean, I'm not talking about comedy or oh whatever. I mean, right now, if, if, if you... Oh, like literally right now what my favorite show is. Yes. Like right. what I'm watching, what I've watched recently. No, I didn't say what you watched recently. What is your favorite show right now? If I say what's your favorite TV show, you say? I'd say you go first. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, now you're putting me on the spot. Uh, okay, if I said favorite TV show... First thing that pops into my head, it keeps popping back into my head. Um, I say The Expanse. I'm waffling between The Expanse and Battlestar Galactica. Both are sci-fi shows and both are just... I think it has to be The Expanse only because Battlestar Galactica is a little bit older. And I'm not talking about the original one. I'm talking about the one from the mid-2000s, which was probably one of the best dramas I've ever seen on TV. I mean, hands down, best dramas. Everything was perfect in that show. Music, oh my God. It was just, it was amazing. But I think The Expanse, from a science perspective, from a, like a reality perspective, seems the most realistic uh, near future TV show that I've ever seen. I mean, and the books are phenomenal too. So I've read the books and that also helps. Okay. Okay, TV show. All right. I'm going to say two very different ones. Okay. That, I guess go. the rules. Bring it. Okay, one... This is what I just like really kind of liked going back to. I don't think it's on the air anymore, but <laughs> I really liked the show, um, Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Did you ever right. watch that? Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> a little bit of a, you know, I guess. It's very of your uh, age group. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, huh? That's my like of age group. Uh-huh. I'm caught. There yeah. it is. <laughs> I do like stuff like that. Um, but on the other end, I really like uh, kind of like detective Which crime, one? crime short of shows and Blacklist. Oh, I like the Blacklist, too. Yeah. I'll tell you what. David Spader, one of my favorite actors of yeah. all time. He is his. Uh, did you, you ever watch Boston Legal? No. Oh, my God. Okay, so I'll Boston. Write it down, though. So I can get it to you. Okay. Uh, but, but Boston Legal is William Shatner, James Spader. They're uh, in Boston, and they are um, lawyers. And it's just, I don't know. James Spader, he does. He he can be so creepy, and at the uh-huh. same time, I, I love the way he talks. He just, yeah. it's he's awesome. I, pers- I, I really do like him as an actor. Okay, uh, movie. Just, Let's just go. a movie? Yeah. Okay, favorite movie. You you can do two if you want. You can no, do. I'm just gonna do. I'm just okay. gonna go ahead and say it. Say it. I don't love movies, but it has to. Have, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it has to have action usually for me to like it. So I'm going wow. Avengers. Okay, which one? Um, the I like the Infinity War one actually. Oh, so you, she, she, you're actually taking two movies and putting it in one. Oh yeah, sorry. Okay, I cheated. Okay, fair enough. No, no, I said two movies. I like the second one more than the the last one. Well. Wait, you don't like the oh, talk about the, the last one? I like the last one a lot, but the, the I don't know, giant battle like, scene is just I mean, I like oh man! I talk about like get get li- Marvel movie get, making me have legitimate chills when like everybody you know Avengers <laughs> assemble, which is such a stupid, stupid thing to say, I and mean, it is. And I'm sorry, I'm a big comic book person. I have oh, tens yeah, of are. tens of thousands of comics, and I'm not. I'm being serious. I have you know tens of thousands of dollars worth of comics. I have lots and lots of comics. I'm a big time collector, but I always hated Avengers Assemble. I hated that. I always hated it. But I'll tell you what, it gave me like when legit chills. It. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> Even though I was like, it's it's kind of making me, it's cringeworthy, but oh, yes. Okay, so for me, uh, I, I break this into two parts. What I, The most watched movie, the movie I've seen more than any other movie, and, I, and I'll watch it at least once a year. It's terrible. It's not a good movie at all. It's basketball. Um... It's a comedy movie. Uh, the creators of South Park, Matt and Trey, are the actors. They didn't write it, but it's it's funny to me, and it still holds up as funny. I mean, it's super offensive. So, kids, don't watch it. Um, <laughs> and I think I, I think the best movie I've ever seen, and I, I keep coming back to one that I see, I will watch once a year, is Amadeus. Um, it came out before I was born. It was like 1980, and it is a it won a ton of Academy Awards. It's about the life of, or the end of the life of Mozart when you know, he died when he was like 40. But, I mean, it's obviously it takes a lot of liberties with the story and they make mm-hmm. Salieri a bad guy and all this kind of stuff. But because they, they, they do, it, it does such a good job as a period piece. Like, I mean, it, it really pulls you into the world and at the same time, the, you know, Mozart's music is phenomenal. So, you know, there you go. Um, okay. So, uh, uh, Music. Give me your give me your uh, uh, give me your favorite group band artist all time. Not not song because you can have a different favorite song. Yeah, and, and different genres, different uh, your favorite music, whatever. Go ahead. Okay, my favorite music is a band called Camp. Yeah, you two A's, C A A M P. In case you want to look it up, they're kind of like a folky. Type band. Yes. 
I, I think for me, um, favorite. Oh, how about favorite song? It doesn't have to be Cam. Man, can you go and not? yes? Okay, so for so for me, my my favorite song, uh, song, my favorite piece is probably Mozart's Requiem. I think it is the if you're a religious person, um, it can it's pretty. I, I would use the word heavenly because it's uh, no other piece of music really other than maybe Johnny Cash singing um, Nine Inch Nails Hurt, really gives you a such a sense of sadness. And, I mean, it's it's just, it, it's pretty profound. But as far as a group goes, I would say uh, our person is bass and actor. He's a uh, EDM artist. Um, he's been around for, uh, since the early 2000s. Um, I've seen him, like we say a concert, but they're not concerts. I've seen, I've seen his shows. I've been to... Probably ten shows with him. Oh wow! Including festivals, and just he is—he is super talented, and he doesn't—he doesn't take beats and just you know make uh, EDM songs. He creates each individual sound. Like I mean, he layers it like an onion. So like, it'll take him hundreds of hours to create one track. Oh. Hundreds of hours. So I mean, he's. What's his like most known song? I remember listening to uh, some in high pro- school. Probably Basehead is his most yeah, known yeah. song. Okay. I mean, that's that's the one I was. That's about. what you call their like his followers are Basehead. Yeah, you know, uh, my favorite song by him is Time Stretch. I just oh yeah, I know yeah, that. Yeah, I that's love good. Time Stretch. Okay. okay, mine is gonna be still going a little bit in the folk. Yeah, this is like folk rock. Um, there will be a time. It's uh, mm-hmm. kind of not as well known Mumford sure. and Sons song. Oh, okay, and yeah. I'm going with that. So, uh, book. Any book. Any book. I love thrillers, and so oh, yeah. I would go with Silent Patient as my favorite one off the top of my mm. head. I think the I think for me, I'm gonna go sci-fi again. Um, Frank Herbert's Dune. It's just to me. I know you're reading it now. Yeah, I actually am. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm. F- for me, it's two hundred pages in. Phenomenal. I mean, like the writing is great, and it's not a like a uh, let's talk about all these cool technology things because it's like because no. it's far far future and it's also kind of yeah it's it, really fascinating I really it liked is. it so far it's and it's really well written mm-hmm. and and the story kind of just it took like a little bit just to get like the the words yeah like the how he the mm-hmm. names of the places and the people and stuff was yeah. which I'm sure is true with all sci-fi I don't read oh, yeah. sci-fi so it was yeah absolutely it is. But but when they I mean but he really does take you in and then it's just like and then it's a, it's a hum, it's truly a human story yeah and it's his writing he he is a very good writer and he just brings you through it and it's gonna be a movie too right well they've they've they made a movie um uh in the early eighties then they made a mini series oh. through Sci Fi Channel in the mid two thousands that were actually pretty good and followed the books now they're making a new movie that should be out at the end of this year that looks real good i mean that must have been what oh yeah it looks really good i'm very excited okay um cool. okay check it out. so um we're there 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 okay uh, so we did books we did movies we did teams we did music and song last question choose a superpower all right <laughs> tell us a lot about yourself i am going with the i'm gonna forget the name again <laughs> trans 
Transfiguration? What is it when you can transport? (laughs) Oh, you talking about uh, teleportation? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, Mainly because I... I go back and forth between flying and that one because I mostly would just want to use it to be able to get wherever I want to get because I'd love to just be able to pop to one place for 12 hours and then go back home and call it a day. Right? Yeah. And for me, of course, mine is always a cop-out because I am a dorky guy and um, mine is, you know, manipulation of matter at the subatomic level, which just (laughs) means that um, I control space-time. Meaning I could teleport as well. Everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah, read minds, everything, because everything is knowable, everything is seeable, and it kind of tells you what I hold. Uh, I think the superpower is a good question because it tells you kind of what you hold as a uh, um, important to you. You know. Yeah. Traveling. Traveling is obviously important to me. And for 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 me, it's knowledge and predicting things. I I would like to be able to do that. I think that's cool. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that is the end of a long episode. Um, I'm thinking we're close or over an hour of uh, Gator Tales. Um, most of them will not be this long because we'll only be interviewing one person. And yeah, it won't be. It'll be a back and forth. But most of them, I'm thinking around 35, 40 yeah. minutes at most. Yeah. Well, um, it is now July the 10th. 10th. <laughs> I should know because my birthday is on Sunday. Oh, oh there yeah. we go. Yes. HBD. Yeah. In advance. I'll be 36. Yeah. Wait. Sure. We'll say we'll go with 36. We're going with 36. Yeah. I think I am. Guys, the older you get, the less. I really don't ever remember my birthday. Like there are times (laughs) when I've sat. If I weren't married, I wouldn't know that it was my birthday on that day until my parents call me. But. Oh, okay. Um, So anyways, uh, it is July 10th. Uh, we are going to be recording at least two teachers next week, um, Ms. Schmatzer and Ms. Nichols. So, um, and I don't know when and when or how I'm going to put all this up, but it will go up. Yep. And we don't have a catchphrase to end it out. We'll think of it, you know, keep kicking. I don't know. It's a gator tail or something like that. Yeah. Because yeah, the tail something kicks. kicking. I don't know. Something <laughs> um, with gators. I don't know. Yeah. Um, take a bite out of middle school. <laughs> 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 I, I don't know. It's uh, there, there's a lot out there, and a lot of it's bad. So yeah, there you go. Say, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll leave it off at that. Um, thank you, Miss Pricketts. Um, thank you. And for both of us, the social studies team in sixth dream grade, the, the dream team. Later. <laughs>